0: Turn with me to Luke 2 and verse 8. Luke 2 and verse 8. We give gifts at Christmas time, but God gave us the greatest gift. I remember uh, reading where Paul was talking to the church at Corinth. He said, said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. An indescribable gift. I, I tell you what, that is what Jesus was. Uh, It wasn't just that a baby was born, but this was God's Son, God's glory, revealed in human flesh. Uh, Nothing like this has ever happened in history aside from the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, What a significant gift God has given. And that gift encompasses the cross. And uh, uh, we need to understand that uh, God is revealing his glory in Jesus as at no other time. God revealed his glory in what Jesus said and what Jesus did and who Jesus was. Uh, and uh, it was truly, truly remarkable. And uh, the shepherds um, see a measure of God's glory. Uh, they're, they're minding their own business and uh, keeping watch over their flocks. Uh, probably trying to stave off the boredom. And all of a sudden, this brilliant light shows from heaven the glory of God, the Scripture says. Uh, and he gives them just a measure of that glory. And an angel comes and tells them the news that Jesus is born. After he gives his message, then there's a whole host of angels, the army of heaven, praising God lifting up the name of God and saying, glory to God, goodwill toward men, Jesus has come. Now, all of heaven is having a party because Jesus has arrived. The glory of God has come in the flesh in Jesus Christ. Uh, What an amazing thing. And we need to give God praise and thanks for the amazing thing that he's done for us if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to understand this is a personal gift. This is a gift for you. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to come into relationship with Jesus Christ and to know him. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, the title of my message is God's Glory Revealed. And so we're going to talk about how God's glory is revealed. Look with me at verse 8. It says, In the same region shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock." Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the, the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. Uh, when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what happened which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. God's glory revealed. How's God's glory revealed to us? Well, he shows us his greatness. He shows us his greatness. And if you look in in verse 9, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Literally, the Greek says they feared a great fear. They weren't just scared, they were scared. Scared. They were scared to the core. Uh, can you imagine what you would think if you're out there, maybe half asleep, watching a bunch of sheep, uh, bored out of your mind, and all of a sudden a brilliant light that was so bright? Uh, I mean, it blinded the Apostle Paul when he saw it full. You know, he saw uh, a measure of that glory uh, just shines forth out of the sky. And then an angel speaks, and uh, what, what was that like? Did he have a powerful voice? We know some of the angels, when they speak in the book of Isaiah, shake the ground as they speak. Okay, so they're scared. God shows just a measure of his greatness. Why does he do this? Because he wants the shepherds to know how great this baby is. Just a measure of God's glory is shown so that the shepherds can appreciate how great Jesus is and how the great glory of God resides in this little baby. Jesus Christ was veiled in flesh, but he was fully God the Son. And so God gives a measure of the glory so that they can perceive the greatness of who this child is i want to tell you something there's no one greater than jesus in all of history there's no one greater than jesus in all the universe he is the divine son of god sent from heaven he is supremely great there's no one who can compare to him and so the shepherds see this sight, they hear these words, they hear the, the praise and all of the things that are going on, and what do they do? Boy, they make a beeline. Let's go, let's see it. Uh, I, they're so excited, and, and they go and they, they behold the child, they see the child. What, what an experience that must have been to be there and to see and the emotion they must have felt as they realized they were seeing God's Messiah, the one they had been waiting for for all these years. And how great indeed he was. So, God's glory is revealed. How? Well, through uh, uh, showing us his greatness. Secondly, he shows us his sovereignty. He shows us his sovereignty. Look at verse 10. The angel said, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. The angel said to them, uh, God, you know. How did they get here in the first place? Um, the Romans demanded that they come there for a census. Right? Just a few verses. We didn't read that part, but just a few verses before. They were required to come to their hometown. They had lived in Nazareth. Now they've got to come to Bethlehem to register. God uses the Romans to fulfill prophecy. Joseph comes from Nazareth He goes to Bethlehem to be registered there. And Mary's time comes at just the right time. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Did you know the Old Testament tells us in prophecy the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem? So God is working behind the scenes in his sovereignty to bring them at just the right time to just the right place so that Jesus could be born. The Messiah would fulfill prophecy. God shows us his great sovereignty. And also in the fact that later on he's called a Nazarene. How? Well, he goes to Egypt, he goes back to Nazareth, and he fulfills that prophecy As well. And so God is revealing the glory of who He is and the greatness of His sovereignty. And this too points to the greatness of this child. Uh, These are good news of great joy. Why? Because God is sending the Son of Prophecy. In Genesis, After Adam and Eve fell and the curse was pronounced in Genesis 3.15, God tells them the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Can I tell you who the seed of the woman is? It's Jesus Christ. He is the virgin-born Son of God. He is the seed of the woman. Well, a few years later, God appears to Abraham and he promises him Through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I'm going to tell you something. I've been blessed by Jesus Christ. Jesus is the son of Abraham. Uh, Fast forward uh, another another few years uh, to King David, and God appears to him, and he says, One of your sons, your seed, will sit on the throne of God forever. His his son Solomon didn't sit on the throne forever. His line didn't last forever in the sense that it continued on forever because they were sent into captivity in judgment. But beyond that captivity would come Jesus Christ. Who Can I tell you something? Sits on the throne right now. (laughs) And will sit on the throne and rule on David's throne forever and ever. The seed promise to david is jesus christ isaiah told us that the seed uh would be the seed of the woman a virgin would conceive and bear a son uh and and uh he says in in chapter nine his name shall be called wonderful counselor uh everlasting father mighty god prince of peace uh and uh He speaks of the comfort that will come in chapter 40. He speaks of the sacrifice that will come in chapter 53 as Jesus is wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him and by his stripes we'd be healed. The Jews were going through a great difficulty under the Roman rule. They were captives. Even though they were allowed some freedoms within their own land, and uh, they were oppressed in some ways, and um, they were grieved, and they were looking forward to the hope that was going to come. This, when will the Messiah come? When will the Messiah come? And so the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. He's here. Jesus is here. And nothing will ever be the same. Can I tell you something? I know we still live in a sin-cursed world. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus came to this world, he changed history. And because of Jesus, we have hope. Jesus went to the cross. He paid for sin. He rose again in mighty power. And because of his resurrection power, we know there's hope. Jesus is coming again. Listen, I want to tell you something. No matter what happens in this world, no matter who is in charge in this world, ultimately, Jesus has come. He is sovereign and He will have His way. Good news of great joy. The time of fulfillment has come. So, God shows us His glory as He sovereignly brings the prophecies. That have been made. And the circumstances of history to fruition. As he sends this Messiah Jesus Christ. He reveals his glory. So how does God reveal his glory? He reveals his glory. He shows us his greatness. He shows us his sovereignty. He shows us his son. Verse 11. Today today in the city of David a savior was born for you who is Messiah, the Lord. The anointed one of prophecy, the Lord who is in charge on David's throne, but even more so the Lord who is sovereign over everything. But he's also Savior. We see God's glory in Jesus as he heals the man born blind. We see God's glory in Jesus as he expounds the scripture and asks questions about the scripture with the doctors in the temple. His mom and dad are, where's Jesus? You know, he's, he's in the temple at age 12. And he has such wise questions and wise insights that they're spellbound. And they're, they're talking with him and, and uh, they're impressed and amazed. We see the glory of Jesus and his mercy sinners, the glory of God as he ministers to people who are outcasts, as he gathers the little children on his lap, and his disciples will say, he doesn't have time for you, Jesus says, bring them, let them sit on my lap, and he blesses them, he prays for them. Wouldn't you love to have your kid blessed by Jesus? (laughs) Uh, And... uh, We see His glory. We see the glory of God as Jesus speaks to the winds and the waves and calms the sea. But we see the glory of God most in the cross. Isaiah 53 tells us that the Father was pleased to crush Him for us. I don't understand that love. I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't fathom it. It, it, It's beyond explanation for me. The fact that the spotless, innocent Son of God would willingly lay down His life for me is the glory of God as I cannot describe it and cannot truly understand it. A Savior was born for you. Can I tell you something? Jesus isn't just a story about history for me. He's a living Savior. He's changed my life. He walks with me. He lifts me up when I'm down. He strengthens me when I'm weak. He gives me hope when I'm discouraged. He's my Savior. He saved me from sin, but His work of salvation continues. A Savior is born for you. Who is Christ the Lord? And His work is not through. He's coming back and one day I'm going to be saved from the grief and the heartache and the trouble of this world. And I'm going to step into eternity in glory in the place that God has prepared for me. Good news of great joy. A Savior is born for you, who is Christ the Lord. And then you see in verses 13 and 14, he says, Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. To the people he favors. God shows his glory by giving the shepherds. Man, what a show. What a what a show this must have been. They would never forget it. Um, all of a sudden they see. God opens their eyes to see the multitude of the heavenly host. In that brief statement, is there's a whole lot of questions, right? <laughs> what did that look like? What was... You know, what were they doing? Uh, I'm not sure of all the details, but one thing I do know, it was impressive. God opened the window to heaven to let them see a little bit of what's going on in heaven about Jesus' birth. On the surface, as you looked at Mary and Joseph, they were humble people. They were ordinary people. They couldn't find a place for Mary to give birth. They had to go to a stable. He's sitting there with a bunch of smelly animals in a stable, laying in a feeding trough. It might seem as though this was not a significant person if you were to look on the surface of things. But oh, how significant he was. And God opens the windows of the heavens for the shepherds. And he lets them see what's happening. The angels are praising his name. The angels are praising God for sending him. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's some in our culture who want to take manger scenes out of public places. They want to silence prayer and silence the word of God. But I'm going to tell you something. Men may try to silence the message of the gospel, but ultimately it cannot be silenced. Jesus said, if these stay silent, the rocks will cry out. God opens the windows of heaven and he shows them this angelic host praising God, glorifying God, because this little baby had come to earth to change everything. What an amazing, awesome sight. God reveals his glory in this multitude of angels who declare his birth. Listen, there's no TV show you can watch that can adequately do this justice. I do like watching those shows sometimes. But this was something that was truly remarkable. And uh, Jesus came to this world. He came for you and me. It's personal. God so loved the world, yes. But what did Jesus say? I leave the 90 and 9 to go find the one who's lost. Listen, I want to tell you something. You want to know why Christmas happened? Put your name on it. That's why it happened. God saw you in eternity past. And He loved you. And He said, I'm going to send my son to redeem this one. This one. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ, thank him and praise him with all your heart for what he's done. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, or if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus Christ, don't let this day pass without giving your heart to him. The Bible says Jesus lived the perfect life we couldn't live. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus is the only exception. The wages of sin is death. That is separation from God. That is an, eternal, an eternity in hell. The Bible calls it a second death. Um, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Why? Because he paid the price at the cross. He bore my sin. He he took the penalty. He took the wrath of God. He took the judgment of God upon himself and said, It is finished. Paid in full. All my sins, past, present, future, nailed to the cross. Buried in the sea of forgetfulness. Separated from me as far as the east is from the west so I can enter into heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus died and then on the third day, he rose again. And the Bible says that if we'll choose to surrender our life to, by choosing to turn from our sin in our own way to follow Christ, and we'll receive in simple trust that gift of eternal life, that God will save us. And I can think of no greater delight and no greater way to celebrate Christmas than that. So if you don't know Jesus Christ, let me encourage you to call upon his name. just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need you. And I choose to turn from my sin my own way to follow you. I receive your gift that Jesus bought and paid for at the cross. And I trust that you'll give me eternal life. If you sincerely call upon God from your heart, let me, on the authority of God's word, he'll save your soul. If you need to do that this morning, we're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to ask you to just come. And, and uh, by your coming, you're saying... Uh, Pastor, I'm ready. And just tell me that when you come up here. If you need Jesus, Pastor, I'm ready. and uh, I'd be I'd be happy to help you with a prayer of commitment if that's your heart and your desire to, de- to make that decision today. Uh, if you're here today, if you need prayer, if you need to come to this altar, maybe just to say thank you to the Lord Jesus or whatever you need to do, uh, you come and you do it right now. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the the amazing gift that you gave us at Christmas in your son, Jesus Christ. Father, let this day uh, result in some new people coming to faith in Jesus to receive his eternal life. And, uh, Father, help us.